0: Alright everybody, welcome to Max Effort Kitchen We have such a great show for you today We are going to be interviewing somebody who lives the trifecta at a high level And uh, just really excited for today's show So uh, sit back and relax and enjoy the show Right, welcome to Max Effort Kitchen. I am your host, Chef Matt, and we have such an amazing guest today—a um, world champion in the Masters weightlifting, uh, Team USA, nationally ranked on the Masters and Seniors level, CPA, business owner, uh, mother of two, and an autism advocate from Kuna, Idaho. Miss Christy Brewer. Hello. Welcome. This is such a cool thing to have you on this um, the this show, and uh, I'm I'm so excited. So thank you for taking time. I know I've thanked you a million times already, but thank you again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, no, you bet.
0: Yeah, so um, I want to uh, first of all. So I, I see, you know, I I uh, follow you on the Instagrams, and I've seen you at national uh, meets and all that. Um, I'm not the type, of, I don't know, I just don't jump into things, I, you know, you always have somebody around you, and so I'm like, oh, I'm not going to go over there and do that, <laughs> <laughs> but the last time, last meet I saw you at was uh, Masters Nationals, and I'm sitting next to my teammate, and he goes, oh, I'm totally fanboying out right now, and I'm like, why? <laughs> What's going on? And he's like, Christy Brewer, she is absolutely amazing, and I, so I started doing a little bit of uh, uh, research on you know, on you and all that stuff, and I just found out so many amazing things, So, my first question to you is, like, (laughs) where do you get the capacity? Like, (laughs) you do so many things at such a high level. Like, where does that come from?
2: Honestly, I think it's just how I was raised. Um, To be honest, like, my my biggest weakness is I don't know how to chill. (laughs) Um, And so, all I know is to go, go, go. And that was just, like, I was raised like that. My dad taught us to work. He taught us to work hard. Taught us to, you know, be gritty, get up. Uh, so yeah, a lot of that's just from my childhood.
0: That's cool. You and know, I'm I was I, always hustling. Oh, yeah, because, you know,
2: the small kid, um, the shortest, the tiniest, you know, you, you learn to hustle. So, right, I'm a hustler, I guess.
0: <laughs> well, you also come from an area, you know, um, Kuna, Idaho. Like, okay, first of all, um, I grew up in Middleton, Idaho. So, I oh, under, really? yeah, I, I, until I was about 10 years old and then my parents split and I moved over to uh, Portland, Oregon with my dad, but, ah. um, yeah, so the first 10 years of my life I was in Middleton. So I understand like that kind of rural um, lifestyle where you did get up early and you did have to work yep. and you had to do things, you know, we had a dairy farm, so I'm like, oh, we were up at oh, four yeah. in the morning and, and oh, yeah. so you under I, I kind of understand where that comes from. And, and as a child. Um, that really makes a huge difference in your life when you when you see that. Uh, mm-hmm. So, you know what what drives you at this point? Because you know we did that as a child as children because we had parents telling us and all that. But like, doing mean, how do you how do you instill that into your kids?
2: I think it's a lot of you know that same thing because for me there's just like a lot of things I want to do multi-passionate. And if I want to do it, then I realize that that, that is the work. It is a sacrifice. And then in reality, it's not a sacrifice. Yeah, um,
1: yeah.
2: because I enjoy it. Like right. when people say, you know, like how do you find time for weightlifting or like, how do you find the energy? And to me, because I want it so bad, like I, I truly don't think of it as like a sacrifice, it's more of like a puzzle piece of like how do I make this fit in and work because I want it so bad.
0: That's so true, and that's you. You make a really good. I like what you said about the multi-passionate. Not many people can really grasp what multi-passionate means, but it's like um, it, that, I talk about the trifecta, right? So it's it's food, yeah. it's life, it's weightlifting. That's my trifecta. <laughs> And and it took it took a really long time to hone all of my passions down to three, right? But those are the three things. Go ahead. Yeah,
2: like for me, I love so many things. Like if I had unlimited, it's not even time; it's like unlimited resources. You know, like I love backpacking and fishing and hunting, and I would love to tie my own flies and clean my own guns. You know, but like in the end of the day, it's realizing also that there's seasons. So for my season right now, it's weightlifting. So I'm giving 110% to weightlifting because I know that someday I won't be able to pursue it at this level.
0: Yeah. no, that, And you make a good point. I think weightlifting is a is a sport that we can pursue at all, um, m- most ages, but not at yes. a high level.
2: Yes. Yes. Like, it's a lifelong sport. There's 85-year-olds right. still crushing it on the platform, yeah. which I think is amazing. It, it
0: really is. That's why I you love the what? master's division. Like, it is I fantastic. Love, I love the master's. Yeah. Um, so let's talk a little bit about your weightlifting. Um, there, if there's one thing I love about your videos that I see, um, and it is absolutely <laughs> the best part. And I think that people, most people don't get it, but I totally do. It's the dancing uh, <laughs> warm-up. It's amazing. Where did that come from?
2: Oh my gosh, you know what? I have zero idea how that started other yeah. than I truly think that a lot of it is like that shift in mindset. So yeah. usually I'm transitioning from something that's high stress or high energies, you know, like from work, yep. and I'm, doing, and I'm a tax accountant, so I'm working with numbers and clients and you know, there's a lot of stress on that line or I just came from, you know, working with my kids. Or just something, you know? Right. What other area, like, that life is. And so it helps my mind shift and just reset because coming from, like, a high stress to a high stress, like, <laughs> yeah. your body just, it, like, it needs to, um, A, decompress, but then also refocus. Yeah. I so, think, I think we can all, yeah.
0: we can all speak to um, what, it, it, what it feels like to be on the platform when you're already stressed. So it just doesn't work. You're like, you're like, I I do this every day for, you know, two hours a day, whatever. And I'm like, why isn't this working? Why, you know, why can't (laughs) I get the, why can't I lock this bar out? It's just, you know, for me, it it can, I love it because I have to go through that like decompression. And usually for me, I'm more a little bit uh, like, I, I like to take a walk. You know, I'll, I'll Mm. grab my daughter with me and, you know, her and I will just take a walk and we'll talk about her day and, and she's such a a positive soul that like she kind of, uh, she switches my mindset and that, that to me is really neat. Um, and so let's, let's uh, jump a little bit forward into your weightlifting and how you are incorporating your kids. I see your kids in your videos. I see that that you're starting to train, uh, kids, which I love Mm -hmm. by the way, um, (laughs) But do you uh, do you incorporate your own kids into the weightlifting?
2: Yeah, totally. So I, when I started my weightlifting journey, I was thirty five. Mm-hmm. But I started with CrossFit, and I was around like thirty three, and it's when Kalea was eighteen months. And so, honestly, and my husband was in grad school.
1: Okay. So
2: whether I liked it or not, the kids were with me twenty four seven. They came yep. to the so if I went to the gym, they came to the gym. Yeah. Well, let's go back. I used to train at four thirty in the morning because that was the only time oh. at the time. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, yeah. It was the only time that I found I could get in training without kids and mm-hmm. without interruptions. Granted, then I started to real, like that's why we transitioned into like the garage gym. So I was able to train at home and they were able to, you know, at the time take their naps and then I, they would, re- were able to like join me and play, you know, whether that's doing art or just having their friends and ultimately, like, that's why the garage gym is so essential in my journey because it allowed me to, uh, like, mesh the two yep. while also still, like, cutting out time for me. And it just, you know, the kids just naturally gravitated towards that. Um, like, they ha- they came with me because that's just how it works. Yeah, it was out of necessity. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then as they got older, like, it's just been funner because they've been able to um, join me. Granted, like when it's a heavy session and this is something I, I want, like people are like, how do you train with them? And I'm like, look, there is a time that it's absolutely necessary that mom needs to focus. Yep. And if it's, you know, when I'm hitting heavy lifts and I'm peaking, mm-hmm. like I need to really turn on like my focus and my game mindset and really like put myself in a competition mindset. Yep. And that is like, that is when I actually do, I hire help. Um, for my youngest, because she needs, you know, 24 seven care. Right. And I tell my older one, like, hey, go to a friend's house. These two hours, you know, like mom's off limits. <laughs> yep. Um, but majority of the time, 100 percent, they're with me like during the warm up. And I love to get them dancing like Kalea loves dancing. She loves music. Um, and so when we built like to the offside, there's a ton of boxes for them to climb on and rings for them to swing. Love that so yeah ours is our house has become the fun house
0: you know it's it's uh, we have a very similar journey because i i 've done the same thing where you know I started with CrossFit and then I went into uh the you know the gym owner thing, and then that that got all just too much for me so i I, yeah. I found the world of weightlifting and have been just loving it ever since, but I did the same thing where I built a gym. I call it uh, the the fun room, but it's in my yes, garage. <laughs> and it, you know, we have we have TV for movies. We have an art station. We have a, a, a spot for food where we can make food because a lot of times, um, and this is something I talk about is I I, I like to train for uh, different breaks in between my lifts. And so, because mm. as you know, at a competing, you know, you don't always get to set like how much time you get to take between yeah. you know two and three. So. All I cook them dinner <laughs> while while I'm lifting. Oh, wow. I'll, I'll have because I, I have a little outdoor kitchen, and and um, you know I'll have like you know waffles going or pancakes, and and I'll go <laughs> over there, I'll hit a lift, and I'll come back over, flip some pancakes. So, but there's something about incorporating your your family with uh, something you love as well. Yep. I think it, it really builds um, a good core and a good base, um, and I, I'm, I'm excited to see the benefits of what my kids get out of it. Um, yeah,
1: totally.
0: But, you know, and, and my, so my daughter, um, I, don't know, I don't know how much you know about this, but my daughter, uh, she has Kabuki syndrome. And uh, oh. Kabuki syndrome is a, a very rare uh, chromosome defect, a lot of uh, learning disabilities, mm. a ton of textural issues. And something that I've seen um, your daughter doing uh, is all the swings and the slides and everything you yep. have at your house. So <laughs> we, do, uh, we do food therapy. And
1: okay. one We've of the, been there?
0: yeah. And so one of the first things that they do for the first half hour is they have her go into this like gym and just go through all those kind of swings and, and slides and getting the textures and the, and the feelings and everything, waking all the senses up. Um, yep. but you built that in your house. Yep. That's so amazing. Like, yeah. Which uh,
2: is a uh, very much of that reason. Like her PT. So she started therapy at 10 months old and her PT and OT that's what they recommended. They said she needs the most access to vestibular motion, you know, swings and trampolines.
0: Yep. Yeah. So. Yeah. In fact, we were just, we were just playing. Um, you remember, I don't know if you remember the big, those big giant balloons that have the string on them and you sit there and you hit them. Oh with yeah. Hand. And
2: you like, yeah. The yeah. Boing balls. And <laughs> yeah. The, the boing. exactly. <laughs> we were just playing with
0: that and I'm like, Maddie, this is great. You know, um, this is this is teaching you like all these dexterities. And then afterwards she's like, Dad, I'm hungry. I'm like, Oh that weird how that works. It's all about routine. <laughs> um so that yeah, no, yep. I, and I love that. Um let's talk about uh your, your food, you know, the intake of food and, and as an athlete, um, how do you use food?
2: Yeah. So <laughs> this is like my newest obsession. Awesome. And It has been like extremely awakening to me because I always tell people my journey with food and I feel it really pertains to a lot of people is initially before I really knew what I wanted to like knew anything and I just wanted to like lose weight. Right. All I did was run and it was calories in calories out. It was all about calories to me. I didn't understand macros. I didn't understand quality. It was strictly quantity. Yep. And then as i got into crossfit i was introduced to rp and that was my first introduction to macros yeah. and macro tiny and quality and it was literally like mind blowing like totally what like this is insane <laughs> yeah, you know, I know. I, I and i started thing. like it was crazy yeah. and then then like the absolute icing on the cake like i still feel like i'm trying to learn because it's so deep and so intense, like so intriguing to me. But, um, with my daughter and when she was, um, eventually diagnosed with leaky gut and understanding that, you know, what healthy food could actually be making her really sick. Oh no. You know, with, yeah. So there was at the time, because it was leaky gut, there was, um, about 30 ingredients that, um, we had to remove and the biggest ones and to this day they're still removed because we haven't, we need to do a retest and see kind of where um, her gut is at Mm -hmm. this point, but Mm -hmm. it was gluten, dairy, corn, soy, eggs, tomatoes, and potatoes. Wow. Wow. Remove those. And what are you left with? Not much. Not much.
0: Those are like the core and base of, of a lot of things.
2: (laughs) Yeah. And so here's the deal. It made me realize that even though you thinking, Hey, I'm eating healthy and what may be healthy for one person could make another person really sick. Um, and even on top of that, so I thought, Hey, I'm not eating like we've, we're not eating processed, but then I started to realize that sugars in everything, corns in everything. Yep. And once you like, like absolutely, those are not like, you cannot have those or they will make you sick. Uh, essentially like forced me in cold Turkey to learn how to cook from scratch, like everything. Um, and so it was, it's completely mind opening of like truly inflammation, essentially inflammation it at the end of really, the day. Like, yeah. It's and a- how connected. Yeah. Like everything, how connected gut brain is. And so if your gut isn't right, like how it affects your brain. And I'm talking like everything, not just performance. Oh, so yeah. for me, it was performance. Right. But for my daughter, it was her brain health. It yep, was, yep. you know, the ability to process emotions, ability, like I'm talking mental health, like yeah. that. And it goes so deep. And I was like, oh, like
0: <laughs> it's it's such a beautiful moment when you figure that out. Right.
2: <laughs> yes. And yeah. to me, it was empowering because yes. now rather than me feeling like my hands were tied with um, not, a, not just this diagnosis, but this you know, development of my children and like us as we age and the cancers and the Alzheimer's and the Parkinson's. And like, I used to felt like, you know, it just is what it is. It's eventually going to happen. But now I feel like, Hey, I actually have control over this situation now and the future. And I can really invest in this. Like, yes, it's a ton of work. Yes. It's a ton of time. Yes. It's a ton of money, but it's an investment. And it's, for her, we were see, um, able to see, like, immediate results, her speech. Oh, that's like, amazing. Like, you wouldn't think, right? Like, hey, I'm going to give you food so you feel better, you don't have stomach aches, and you don't have acid reflux. Right. But what I didn't know is that once I when was able to heal her gut, reduce the inflammation, that affected her brain. I reduced, the, like, the inflammation in her brain so her brain's able to make these connections, and it was like speech. Her speech wow. was, like, growing leaps and bounds and her ability to, like, sleep. And if you sleep, you know, you recover. And if you recover, you're able to, like, be happy. And Anyway.
0: Well, you know, you, you, you make <laughs> such a great, great point here. And I, and I hope that the people that are listening to this um, really grasp what you're saying because you're talking about controlling in, – in a broad spectrum, you're talking about controlling your life and the way that you feel on a daily basis, the way that you act with food. And yes. I could not agree with you more because food is everything. You know, it is It is fuel. It is mental health. It is, um, yeah. you know, it's all this stuff that, that allows us to live. Because without it, we right. can't, right? Um, so, right. And
2: I used, no, my ahead. biggest thing is I used to think food was the scale.
0: <laughs> and that's yes. all it was. Like, so many people what do. Ate,
2: right. And. And so I feel like that's a lot of where we get, like, the body image and these eating disorders. And granted, like, everyone has their own unique situation and story. Yep. And I'm sharing our story and our experience. Yep. So for me, initially, food was simply the weight on the scale. And once I disassociated food and weight and I associated food with medicine and food with um, healing, mm-hmm. it was like I started to have a better relationship with food. And I felt empowered in what I was putting in my body and my kids.
0: That's the, you just gave me goosebumps right there because (laughs) I preach this a lot and I talk about it and, and you articulated it so much better, but, um, food is why we're here. And, this is why I started this podcast and this whole journey of, of talking about it um, is because of the benefits I saw with my daughter and what she eats and how she mm-hmm. performs on an everyday life. You know, performance can mean many things. It can mean athletic. It can mean just life, waking up in the yes. morning. That is performance. Walking, walking. walking
2: and talking exactly. And processing this world as it unfolds, you know, in your day. Yeah,
0: yeah. and I think that uh, the more that... Like you said, the more that you started to understand that, the better that your relationship with food is, you know, I Mm -hmm. I come across a lot of people in my day because I'm in the, in the restaurant industry and, and they're all, always, you know, customers and and people I work with are talking about, Oh, I can't, I can't eat this. I can't eat that. You know, I just, I'm going to gain too much weight. Oh, I'm so fat. And I'm just like, you know, I'm biting my tongue a lot. Um, but I do, I do, there are times when I get outspoken and I'm just like, you know what? Let's talk about this. And it's 30 minutes of me ranting and their eyes blazing over. (laughs) But to be able to connect with somebody that that sees what I'm talking about is so great. Um, What I want to talk to you now is I want to know how do you take care of you? You know, you do a million (laughs) things. You're on the platform. You're, you know, with your kids. But what do you do for you? What's your happy place?
2: And I find... So it's funny because originally like it was weightlifting and then it became weightlifting was like a huge stressor. Right. And something I mentioned and I definitely want to open up more about is, um, I started working with a mental coach, a sports psych. Love that. Yeah. In 2020, like I was in a really dark spot, um, just from things that my coach would say related to my age and my abilities and, um, I really almost, like, gave up the sport. Um, Yeah, and it was just a really dark spot. And ultimately, like, that's why I'm so grateful for my current coach. And that's like a whole nother podcast. Yeah. And that's like a whole nother bag of worms. But ultimately, like, I do find that weightlifting, it is for me, and I definitely preach that. Like, I am, I believe that as human beings, we also, we need to find some essentially, like, Selfish space for ourselves. Like we hold space for everyone else, especially our children Mm -hmm. constantly and we make time for them. Yeah. And so realizing that it is essential for me and my development, like I'm a human, I'm 40, I'm not dead. I still have an entire life ahead of me. Heck yeah, you do. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, like once I got that again, like mind shift of like I matter And that it is okay for me to make time for me. Um, I'm starting to enjoy this journey of weightlifting again and find that the journey is mine.
0: That's really cool to hear. You know, I think um, I know mental health is talked about in certain areas um, a lot, but I think in the world of weightlifting and athletics and sports, it's not talked about enough. It, we're right. starting to we're starting to touch on it a little bit more, you know, with the Olympics last year or yeah, yeah. last year, and talking about it there. Um, but I still think people are a little scared. But mental health is your core; it is a pillar. We need to take care of it. And and what you just said was, you know, you called it selfish space, but that's okay. Selfish mm-hmm. has such a negative, uh, you know, it people look at it in a negative term, but it's not. It, you know, in this aspect. Um, you need to be a little bit selfish, and my wife and I talk about this a lot because you know it, it's constant back and forth. We have two kids, we have two careers. We're we're both you know I'm yep. weightlifting, she's trying you know she's in the gym as well, and you know you know it's a busy life.
2: <laughs> you, you you get to
0: nine o'clock and you're like what? It's nine
2: o'clock. <laughs> I know, like, can I, yeah. I need the day, the day hasn't started yet. Yeah, exactly,
0: <laughs> yeah, and, and so you're, like, your head's spinning for, you know, 12 hours a day, and next thing you know, you got to go to sleep and do it again the next day, um, and so, what, you know, at, let's talk about a little bit, like, and if you're w- willing to open up on this, like, where do you fail? Like, where I could you feel, be
2: better? <laughs> I feel like I felt with that, I opened up with that.
1: Oh, good um, point, that's a good point. I don't point. know
2: how to chill. Yeah. Like, I really... I struggled to turn it off. So last night, I sat and watched a movie with my um, husband and my older daughter. Right. The younger one goes to bed at like eight. Nice. <laughs> Which is like, saves my brain. Yeah, absolutely. And honestly, like, that is really hard for me. A, I shut my phone off, so I wasn't on my phone. I wasn't doing anything else than sitting and watching a movie. That's
1: and awesome. And yeah.
2: usually, if I'm going to sit and do something... Or like sit down. I have my computer and I'm multitasking continually. Right. Um, I hate watching movies. Like I <laughs> loathe TV shows. Yep. Because I do in my brain feel like it's a waste of time. Okay. And it, is it is it? I think teach their own. And right. I, um, so for me, that's like something I really struggle with. Okay. Is just kind of relaxing
0: like turning the <laughs> turning the mind off pretty much
2: yeah yeah and to me like to do that like my my interpretation of relaxing is going to the mountains and going for like a leisure hike right. going for a leisure like enjoying that while other people may find that like for them that relaxing and decompressing is going to be reading a book or watching a movie. Um, and I think that's also to realize like, that's okay. That there's very different versions of chill. Yeah. Um, and that my chill may be what other people consider active. So, yeah,
0: Yeah, I think you make a good point. Different. You know, it's, uh, you said something earlier when we were talking about food, which is that everybody is just a little bit different, and there's yeah. there's not one thing in this life that we're all going to be the same about, um, because <laughs> no. you know we can we can relate on things and we can do things that are fun and similar, but that mean, doesn't mean that that works for us internally the way it works for the next person, and yeah. one thing that uh, we do, and I cannot tell you this has been successful yet because. We just started it in our household. Is that we, we uh, we set a cap on our nights. So it's like eight thirty. We are done with chores, even though we could do chores all night. You know, Uh, yeah. We're dinners cleaned up. We're done with everything. We don't. It doesn't matter the state of the house at that point. We stop. We, you know, we look at we sit down at the table, we'll play like a game of go fish or we'll Mm -hmm. like, we'll do trivia game, you know, 15 minutes to a half hour. And then we go, we go out and we have our own space and whatever that own space looks like, it's great. You know, I'll go on a walk. Uh, You know, kids will, uh, you know, sometimes my daughter reads a book or, you know, my son's over here, you know, jumping on the trampoline for a second, but it's like giving everybody in the house the opportunity to make their own decision on what works for them so we can Mm. decompress and go to better better yeah I like like that yeah you know like I said I don't I can't tell you a hundred percent that it's been successful because we just started (laughs) it last week (laughs) oh
1: nice yeah
0: so um but it's I think it's important to allow um everybody to make their own decision you know within reason obviously we want to make safe and good and responsible decisions but knowing that we are all different And um, that it makes sense to uh, feed that because otherwise, you know, we grew up in a a very, and I did, I don't don't know about you, but I grew up in a very point where my parents were like, okay, we eat dinner at this time, we go to bed at this time, you go to school at this time, and this is what you're eating for dinner, and this is what you're eating for breakfast. Like, very much (laughs) told what to do. Yeah, Um, I, I do believe in that a little bit, but I also love the autonomy of being able to say, you want waffles for dinner? Awesome, I'm making you waffles. You want pizza for yep. dinner? Okay, we're gonna go get a pizza, or I'll make a pizza here. Whatever. Sometimes we have four different meals sitting at the table, but if <laughs> and let me tell you, that is not the best thing in the world for myself because I do all the <laughs> cooking. But um, at the same time, I'm so happy because everybody's eating. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so talking about that now, um let's talk about your challenges that you face, um, with food in the, uh, in the world of autism with your daughter. Like, what are some of those challenges that you, that you're facing? I mean, you talked a little bit about, the leaky gut, but are there any other, does she have textural issues? Is it, yeah. Yeah. go, go into that as much as you want.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So again, like this has been a huge journey. Um, when she was younger, uh, we've we've done feeding therapy because right. she she struggled to swallow yep and she struggled to chew okay so she gagged a lot and she threw up a lot okay so try hi- try hiring a babysitter or anyone to watch your child doesn't happen it didn't happen yeah like my her toddler years her youth like baby and toddler years
0: mm-hmm. were awful Right. Okay,
2: let me rephrase that. They weren't awful. They were hard.
0: No, I understand. So I understand what hard. you mean by that. Yeah,
2: You know, like years that I was like, I can't do this. Right. This is, and it's ultimately, I'll be honest, like, okay, also another podcast <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> of like, why, like, it was the, like, I was done having kids because she was so hard. Mm-hmm. And I'm someone who didn't want to just accept, like, this is what it is. Like, I was, I want to unravel and figure it out. Like, what can I do to help? Like you telling me like this just is the way it is, is an unacceptable answer. And I'm going to find a better solution because the current situation sucks. Yep. So anyway, we did feeding therapy. Um, and that's where I ultimately learned like the importance of playing with your food, touching your food, Mm -hmm. constantly giving her exposure to a variety of foods, whether she ate it or I threw away the entire plate of food. Yep. That was considered a success. Yeah. Um, and that forcing your like a putting a plate in front of your kid and telling them they have to eat it all before they get up and leave is not a good approach. Nope. Um, and so I my kids were constantly eating with their hands. They're constantly new things on their plate. And mm-hmm. I constantly throw food away. And I don't feel guilty. Nope. No, I don't believe it's the reason people are starving around the world. No, it's not. Because I threw something away. Correct. I do believe that we we create a lot of disorders by forcing our children to eat certain things. Um, and I believe that we can be more patient in their journey. And our taste buds change. And our life situations change. And it's <laughs> like, so true. You know, and it was just. Autism really gave me this awakening of uh, be more patient, kind and accepting of her journey mm-hmm. versus no, this is my journey, this is how you're gonna do it. Right. Um, if that makes sense.
0: It does. <laughs> no, it totally does because you can't. I mean you're for, you, can't you, you, can't, you can't. You can't you force it. It just force won't them. work. Yeah.
2: No. Then you end up in a meltdown, which is a way worse situation. Yeah. And, then you're and so for me, <laughs> so worse. <laughs> yeah. So it was he like, okay, what does she need? How can I help her? And like that was just like an awakening because you can't force him. You really have to. Um. Just there's just, yeah, there's a lot more patience. So anyway, there was the feeding therapy, chewing, learning to chew, learning to swallow. Um. And then textures. So once I start, again, like once we, I realized, okay, like I need to start giving her more vegetables and giving her more variety. Right. Like I can't just feed my my child goldfish and <laughs> applesauce because it's easy for her to swallow. It's There's no chewing involved. Like right. she, no,
1: I, she I got that, to yeah. where,
2: yeah, like she just wanted to slurp down like pouches of food.
1: Mm-hmm. Like,
2: you know, fuel for fire or fire yeah. for fuel, yeah. whatever that is. Yeah, yeah. We, like, lived on that. Yeah. But no, then, we did, too. Because <laughs> it was like you could suck it down. No yep. chewing involved. Exactly. But she also consumed thousands of calories because she wasn't chewing. She was just, like, <laughs> like yep. slurping.
0: I know. I know. And
2: so Textures was a whole nother thing. Again, letting her play with her food, uh, investing in an air fryer.
0: Yeah. Was. <laughs> One of the best investments. I mean. The best. Yes. I agree. Yes.
2: Soggy broccoli is disgusting. Oh,
0: I know. <laughs> crunchy,
2: garlicky, salty broccoli is the best. Amazing. I know,
0: right? <laughs> Who knew you could get those little the little follicles on the end, like crunchy? Like what? Yes. And, yeah, it's Our the best kale, thing.
2: I didn't realize that Kel was like so good, so oh, quick, yeah. so easy. Oh, yes. And that's like an appetizer. I'm I like, know. here, here's some Kel chips. And yep. I also made them so they're not loaded with seed oils. It's like it's an avocado oil and Himalayan salt. Like, oh, go for it. it.
0: Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. You know, um, kale is, is one thing that we uh, have worked with over the years because, you know, at first I was grinding it up. or I was, I was drying it, grinding it up, making it a power, and mm. putting it into her protein shakes just so she would get it in her. Then we started doing the chips, um, and I've managed to get it on the pizza as well, which is phenomenal nice. on its own. But, yeah. so That's um, cool. So, you know, when it comes to the food, because, you know, I, I, gosh, I relate to you so much on that because Madison has the same, same type of issues, her more as understanding how to use her tongue. And so, oh, yeah, so she has, doesn't have the muscle development in her tongue and it's very delayed. And so again, she's applesauce pouches, you know, goldfish, the easy things to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, there are times when I will put something in front of her and, you know, it's covering the ears, it's crying, it's, you know, not a good situation. Okay, we're going to pull that away, throw it away. We'll try again tomorrow. Um, and something that you talked about and inherently said was that it you just don't quit. You don't stop yep. um, giving yep. opportunity because the second we get frustrated and the stop – you're just stenting the growth on that, that little amazing person right there. And, eh, you know, it's just, it's so, it's so great to hear another parent talk about that. And instead of um, saying, you know, I'm so sorry for everything you're going through, but instead being like positive about it and be like, Oh, well, you know what? This is what we try. And this is because I get it all the time with, Oh, I'm so sorry, and I and that's, yes! it's the worst thing you can like. Why, uh, why, why are you sorry? Me. Have you met my daughter? She's amazing.
2: <laughs> I know it's like my biggest beef. I'm like, whoa, what? Why? Why yeah. is this like a bad thing? Which is why I'm like, love talking about it because I don't want it to be labeled as bad. It's, it's not, not a bad
0: thing. It's not. It really isn't. You know, we we made the switch. From um, Madison going from straight, um, s- like, uh, SPED classes, like she was in a, a mm-hmm. classroom with all SPED, to mixed uh, general ed and SPED. And, like, mm. you know, we've come into some some uh, challenges where the kids just don't – they don't know. And so they don't understand mm-hmm. why she's acting the way she is. And But yep. we look at that as, like, okay, this is a great opportunity for us to talk to you about how things are going to be. Because I don't know about you, but – um, one of my bigger fears in life is like how she is going to be as an adult yep. and trying to set her up to be as successful as I possibly can as a parent to go out in that world and like love life just as much as you and I do. Right. Yep. It's, totally. How old is she? Uh, she's 12 years old.
2: Okay. So yeah, she's a little
0: older than mine. How old is, how old is your daughter?
2: Kalea's nine.
0: Kalea's nine. Okay. Yeah, so um, we're in middle school, and that uh, brings its own Ugh. challenges on its own. I hate middle
2: school. You and
0: me both. Um, <laughs> so, you know, this has been an amazing show, and I could sit here and talk to you for hours about all this. Um, <laughs> but I, I got I to ask you, uh, you know, what are some of your goals? I noticed you did not go to the Pan Am uh, just recently, this last weekend. But what's, the, right. what's next for you on the weightlifting?
2: So... I'm going to senior nationals, which is in three weeks. Yep. So it was, and which is hard because I absolutely love going to the master's events. Yeah. Which is also like another, this is, um, a lot of people don't know, but I get a lot of hate also by going to master's events. Oh Oh, yeah. Why? Why? uh, You tell me.
0: Yeah. No, I don't. You tell me. That's ridiculous.
2: So to be honest, sometimes I'm quite hesitant to sign up for them. Yeah. Um, because of the hurtful comments I get for showing up. That,
0: so, that, that stuff needs to be removed, but uh, that again, that's another podcast. Yeah. It's another. podcast. Yeah, yeah.
2: So, but ultimately at this point, um, while I'm still competing on the senior circuit and have goals to continue to make senior international teams, yep. I have to go to senior competitions that qualify me because the master's events which again is another podcast that annoying that master's events don't qualify you for senior events.
0: I know. Yeah. Uh,
2: yeah. So stupid. Um, so I go to the, um, so anyway, I go, I'm going to senior nationals mm-hmm. and that is the, the next priority. And then from there we're going to see because it's, it's worlds in Florida, Yeah, which yeah. I, I love worlds. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I'm going to um, that for sure.
2: Yeah, but it's also within weeks of American Open finals. It
0: is. I know. I, I don't know why they did the two re- so close to each other.
2: It's so it's so much. It's hard because the same people who ref right at Masters are the same people who ref at Seniors, and so oh, you're putting so much pressure on these on everybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But, but anyway, so that's that'll be a choice. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Senior Nationals in Vegas. He's going to be
0: next. That's great. That's great to hear. Okay, last question. I ask every uh, guest a a question revolved around food, and mine to you is, you are stranded on a deserted island. You have the choice of one protein for the rest of your life, one cooking utensil for the rest of your life, and one vegetable for the rest of your life. What is it?
2: (laughs) Uh, it would be game meat, so I absolutely love elk or deer. Love so it. as long as it's a game meat, mm-hmm. I would definitely choose a knife.
0: Good choice. For a <laughs> yeah. cooking utensil. Yep.
2: And it would probably be zucchini because I can oh, do so much with it.
0: You really can. I love the pasta, by the way. That That's something that's amazing. Um, yeah. Yeah.
2: It could be pasta. It could be like a bowl because you could scoop it out oh, and put the meat a in idea. it. Oh, idea. Yep. We do that all the time. Oh, you can fantastic. make it into a flour, and then you've got, like, baking stuff.
0: It's Anyway. Oh, what a beautiful thing. That's <laughs> that's fantastic. Great answer. <laughs> well, um, Christy, like I said uh, uh, a million times already, thank you for taking time out of your extremely busy day. And I know Sundays are, are prep days for you, and, you know, just getting ready for the week. So, again, thank you, thank you. Um, I so much enjoyed having you on. I'd love to have yeah. you on again later down the road, and we could, you know, and just grow this conversation even more <laughs> um, because I to think,
1: talk about. yeah
0: there really is and I think we have a lot of similarities and and uh it's it's cool to connect in that way um I will make a promise to you that next time I do see you at a competition I will not be an introvert and I will come up and say hi uh,
2: <laughs> I tell people all the time I'm like just come say hi I know I mean, I, like I
0: said, I saw my teammates talking to you. I was like, yeah, I'll get all weird, and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to do this. Um, but, again, thank well, now, you.
2: So- now we have a connection to talk about.
0: Exactly, and I like that. So um, <laughs> thank you so much. I hope you have a great Sunday, and I hope you have a fantastic week, and uh, good luck at Nationals. Awesome.
2: Thank you.
0: Thanks, Christy. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. <laughs>